All right, I got a few questions. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, All right. Should well, I step out of the I'm room? Excited. You guys are like the yin and the yang of sports talk. <laughs> you know I'm a basketball guy. I love basketball season. Everything Why? is amazing. I'm on the owner's radar. It's never good. Not fun. I'm a little surprised you agreed to do this knowing that Paulie's part of the show. He's bound to do something every show that just makes no sense <laughs> at all. Buddy, open look at a three. Got it. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Polly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Polly Sebelia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. You know what that means? Means we've got the Hall of Famer, Jim Beheim, set to join us today at 1.30. Two other guests lined up for you. Donna DeTota, basketball writer for Syracuse.com, will join us at 1. And coming up here in about 30 minutes, Steve Popper, Knicks writer, for Newsday Sports, plus we'll mix in your phone calls at any time, 315-437-7644. I'll be honest with you, Paulie, I have been watching more NBA now uh, that mobile sports betting is a thing than I've ever watched before. Did you see the Knicks last night? No, they played the Brooklyn Nets. Though. They did. I, and I only knew that because of gambling. Because there was some special promo, it, it, right? It, it, no, but it was on my it, okay. it was on my app. Gotcha. How'd it go? Uh, they were winning. The Knicks point. were up 20 at the end of the first quarter. They were up, I want to say the lead got as high as like 28, and they lost. Whoa. Um, and both those teams are in a bad way right now, but the Knicks in particular, to blow that lead at home to that team, I mean, no Kyrie Irving because they're playing in the state of New York, so no Kyrie, no James Harden, obviously, because he's not on the team anymore, no Kevin Durant, he's still hurt, and you give up a 28-point lead uh, to that team and lose. Um it's uh, Knicks are in a bad way right you now. You didn't live bet that, did you? I did not. Okay. No, no. I um, I placed a couple of wagers last night, and I finished two dollars uh, in the positive. <laughs> so it was it was win some, lose some for me last night. All but we got to hold that till next segment. So to <laughs> save how you did. I did not do very well. We'll get into that um, in a second. And I, you know, I thought of you today on Bridge Street. We uh, we interviewed your good friend Alton Brown. Oh. From the Cooking Network. Why didn't you see? You know what you always do, Steve. Now this is going to infuriate me. You always somehow get the guests from these this show onto <laughs> Bridge Street, but you never get the guests from Bridge Street onto this show. We may have to do that. We, we you may got be, Alton's number. Um, I don't, but I I wonder if our producers do because he he was live and in person coming to us from South Carolina today. He's coming. He's coming into town. He's doing a show. He is. He is. Yeah. Oh, Crow Science Theater nice. coming up in a week or two. Let's so. get him on. He was great. He was great. I'll I'll see if I can do that. You he, know who he is now. I do know. I, I did not admit to him on the show that I didn't know who he was. Did you say, hey, I do a radio show <laughs> with a guy who loves you, but I had no idea who you were. I I thought of you uh, during that interview. Um, did he? Share a recipe or a- no? He just came on to to promote the fact he was coming. What his show is all about. He, he he incorporates science in the show. There's obviously cooking. There's humor. Uh, there's music. He's he, I mean you know a lot about him. Yes. I'm sure. So he's got his own band. His wife plays in the band. He came to us from uh, his tour bus, and in the middle of the interview on live TV, his dog started barking. That's what somebody just said. Free press said his dogs were going nuts. Yeah, his dog started barking, and he was he was funny. He was like you know saying he was going to throw something at him, and he's like, I'm going to give you away if you don't stop barking. And then the, the they stopped barking. So, um, but no, he was uh, he was great. I'll see if we can get him on the show. Nice. I'm sure he'll want to come on after that stellar interview we did uh, on Bridge Street today. Uh, so, so Jordan got us started yesterday 
He, I think he's just poking the bear right now. Like, I, he didn't give his rundown till the last minute today, and then his opening segment is just obnoxious. So yesterday, he got us started with, do the games matter? Does it matter if this team finishes above 500 or, you know, if they finish one See, game above 500 or below 500? You're wording it wrong. Now, this popped into my head last night. Your word, if you say above 500, it doesn't mean anything. There's a way to word that where it means everything. Winning season or losing season. Okay, yeah. What would you rather Semantics, have? but yes. What's yeah? But if you say over five hundred, like a dopey kid who doesn't know math, like Jordan, not gonna, <laughs> not gonna know what that means. But if you say winning or losing, you don't want to have a losing season. That's fair. That's a horrible word to be like associated with loser. So go ahead. So so pose his question uh, to I our wish, listeners. See, I don't want to be given. Like I don't want to take responsibility for these horrendous questions. Do we? Can we call him in on the fly to have him share? So, these? I don't know because sometimes he listens, sometimes yeah, he, he doesn't. gets mad at us when we call him in. All right. So I wish I knew had a Jordan impersonation. Here's his first question. Like, I don't know why we're talking about this because the NCAA tournament, while it is highly, highly unlikely that they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Why are we talking about winning the NIT? You don't talk about winning the NIT until you're stuck in the NIT, right? That's fair. And he just completely shut off my headphones. So, yeah. Jordan's here. Jordan was listening. It was apparently part of the 60% of the show that he listens to. So throw throw these questions that kids today would ask. Steve, uh... Do you do you listen to the other thirty three percent of the show when you have to leave it to? Uh, he does. When I'm in the car, I listened the other day when I, as I was driving to he class. Texted, yes, hey, I did. I listened. Yes, I did. Okay, thank you. I do listen when I when I can. I do not. When I'm traveling, I don't. It gives me a break. Just making sure. Okay, I'm going to read these questions now. Would winning the NIT mean anything? If because we-, we had a caller yesterday who was complaining that since we've never won the NIT, that it would matter and that it's prestigious. And I think that's really stupid. Well, listen, if you're in the NIT, you want to win the NIT. Uh, Yeah, okay. Okay? So, yes, it would matter. If you're in that situation, it would matter. You want to win it. You want to win every basketball game. So I've seen people say You don't want to make the NIT. I've seen people saying if this team makes the NIT, they would rather see some of the younger guys play more minutes as opposed to trying to Wait, win let's, every game. Let's, Is let's, that let Steve answer. let's let Steve answer the NIT question. Yeah, if you're if you're in it, you, you want to win it. We we discussed this yesterday. You want to win every game you play. And as a competitor, you want to win every game you play. You don't want to be in it. I mean, you you phrased it perfectly, Paulie. You don't want to be there, but if you're if you're there, yes, of course you want to win it. Yeah, yeah. You disagree, Jordan? I mean, you don't want to lose, but like we could also you don't try, want to be there. But we could also you're try there. getting guys like Benny Williams some uh, some very high intensity minutes at the risk of losing a game that uh I don't I don't really care about that much if if we're in it. To no, be no, you don't. If you don't. If you're not good enough to play in the regular season, you're not good enough to play in the postseason no matter what you're playing in. You don't get the opportunity. Like, if you were on a team, Jordan, all right, or, or here, just say you're here and there was two people in your position, right? And there was somebody who came in and took your job and just screwed up all the time while they were doing your job, but you didn't get the hours. Would you want that? 
Or would you say, ah, I let him learn on the job, but I'm better at it? Can it doesn't I, really matter because I'd get the phone calls anyway while I'm hanging out no, at no, home. You're, you're just, stop being, you know, just answer the question. If you were on a team and you played power forward, and nice. the coach the coach put in a power forward who power was worse forward. than you and just kept screwing up, how would you would you, how would you feel? Well, um as a collegiate athlete who is not getting paid, that would stink. I would rather play. Okay. If you were a coach and you had to win games and you had a kid who screwed up all the time, but you had a kid who was serviceable. Like cuz no one on Syracuse's team at the forward position is great. But you have a serviceable one. Which one are you going to play? I know what you want me to say, but... No, say what you would say and explain it to us. I don't know. Like, I kind of want to prioritize getting the guy who we're going to need next season some minutes in very, very important games. So so can I also just kind of jump into this conversation here? No. Because <laughs> no. We, we act like Benny has gotten no time this year. Okay? He's played in 24 games of the of the 25. How many minutes do you think he's averaging in those games? Five. Twelve. What? Yes. So, to to suggest that he hasn't played. Give me your played, laptop. I don't believe that. Here, look. No, he has. He so, g- so, again. Oh, yeah. We're just front-loading games against Brown no, and Cornell. Twelve minutes. Okay. Now, look at, again. 13 minutes against Louisville, 25 minutes against NC State, 24 Louisville minutes against Wake Forest. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, he let's let's stop acting like he – and it's not like he was lighting up those other teams. So you're yes. saying front-loaded. You're taking the season on a whole. His resume is, is, is what his resume is. He hasn't scored in more than a month, okay? And, again, that includes a game against Louisville that he played 13 minutes. It includes a game against NC State that he played 25 and, minutes. And he, he hasn't even last game. He hasn't even had the Jalen Carey moment where it gives you a glimmer of hope, right? Like, I mean, Jalen Carey went out and scored a ton of points against Oregon, and you're like, well, that kid can do that. Like, there's been nothing from Benny that shows you that. Right, you see flashes here and there, like that spin move he had where, you know, I mean, that was like a— He scored a basket. Yeah, right. Spin move off glass, and like, everybody got excited. That's how that's how little he's done that you can remember I, his right. basket. I know, right? The basket. So again, this isn't a knock on him. I understand, I, I understand the perception out there that he doesn't get minutes, but it's it's just it's that's not one hundred percent accurate. You know, what about getting Samir more playing time? I think he's a totally different case than Benny. What about that? But here is the thing: you say you are building for the future. Does Samir? Is, I think Samir's role, role is set for this year, for next year. Why do you need to give him more time? His role is what it is. It's not going to be different next year, and there may be guards ahead of him next year. Do we, I mean? And Frank's getting more time anyway because Jesse's not there. Yeah. So, I, you know, if the question is, and I, I, I don't, rem, I, I see what's written on the paper. I don't know exactly what you said here on the radio, but the, the question on the paper was, do you want to win games or see Benny and Frank play more to develop for the future? You're going to see Frank play more anyway. Um, and I, I liked what I saw in this last game against Virginia Tech. The, the the thing with Benny, and again, this is not me coming after him. Like I think he's got a lot of potential, but he it's not like he hasn't played this year. Like he has been given, in my opinion, ample opportunity, and it just hasn't happened for him. And so I don't know as if he and yes, his minutes have trailed off, but th- 
they to Paulie's point, like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Paulie, but they've trailed off for a reason. Like they, yeah. he, he when he's out there, he he just he hasn't done anything to earn himself more time. May I ask you a different question then? Sure. The last thing written here, and this is something that we were discussing. Uh, I was also discussing on Twitter with a lot of our Q Sports Talk chatters, our radio listeners. Is there a magic number? What does it take to get Syracuse in the tournament? If you remember a last miracle? year when we were having this conversation, <laughs> a lot of people were counting Syracuse. I out, was one of them, and then they made a miracle storm back. Steve, no, I believe, it was got one. in. I don't. I, I mean, last year it wasn't, wasn't a it was, miracle. It wasn't a miracle last year. I mean, there were people saying there was no chance. They, no they, what, what like okay, so if you did the bracket matrix last year, there was they were like on half. The tournament, like brackets, and half off. I thought they were off. Um, this year, they're not on any brackets. So, what gets them in this season? Do they have to win out the regular season, win a couple ACC to, tournaments, and at large, lose to Duke? An at large bid? Can Syracuse. One, two, three, four, so five, six left. Six. They have to win, go on an eight game win streak. Can Syracuse to lose to Duke and still make the NCAA tournament no. without winning the ACC tournament? No, they have to win eight games in a row. So they have to beat Duke to make the NCAA. And tournament. yes, and honestly, you're 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 probably going to see Duke in the second game in the ACC tournament. So that you know, yes, I think you're going to have to beat Duke. Duke twice, probably. Well, don't say that, please. Don't I, say that. Realistically, yes, because you you have how many wins right now? There's thirteen and twelve. Okay, so so if you go if you get five of the six, you get to eighteen. And then is twenty still a mark thing that you try and hit? That's what I'm trying to figure. Is twenty out. still mean anything? Like if they got to twenty, if they went on a seven game win streak right now and we're twenty and thirteen, are they a tournament team? Um, I think the twenty means something because they would have beaten some good team, or you know, again, they would be theoretically some good teams. I don't know how good. I mean, we saw Notre Dame last night almost lose to BC. We saw Carolina get crushed at home by Pittsburgh. The ACC is impossible they, to figure out. By the way, they would be twenty and twelve, right? And fourteen and seven. If, if, listen, this I, I. It's almost silly to, to to discuss this right now. Is um, it? Because we're a sports radio talk show, and we need to discuss this. If, if we don't, hope okay. alive, we so, have to discuss it. The answer is yes. If they win the next six games. The answer is yes, in that they're they're definitely back, obviously, in the conversation. I mean, they would have beaten Notre Dame, Duke, North Carolina, and Miami. Miami all they're, they're, they're the top four teams in the conference. Yes. You're saying they're going to beat them all in a row. That's what I'm saying is, I mean, what are the chances of that? Not good. I don't know. Let's place a parlay on it. But look, it, we're a sports talk show, Steve. We get mad when we're talking about, do you lose game? Like, <laughs> do you not care about the games? And then now we're saying, why are we talking about caring about them? You, but it is going to, they're literally going to have to win out to make the tournament. You're, you're talking, at, they, you're talking at, at large. large you're talking yeah. at large. Um, now, again, you, you ask, can you lose the Duke and still get in? So if we're doing this exercise, let's do the exercise. If they go five and one, down the rest of the regular season, and the one loss is to Duke, and then they they get into the ACC tournament, and then let's say they play in the eight nine game, and then let's say they play Duke and they beat Duke, and then they and let's say they lose after that. So that's what that's seven and two. So you'd be twenty and fourteen with a win over Duke, with a win over Carolina, with a win over Notre Dame, with a win over Miami. You're a ten seed. You may even be better than it. I think you've worked your way in yeah. at that point. But th- I mean, we're talking we're talking seven and two with a win over Duke. Do you believe in miracles? 
That would be Matt Park's call at the end of the Miami game if they went out. <laughs> it's it's mathematically possible. And and the again, the team can't, you know, we've we've talked with a lot of the coaches, right? We had Griff on yesterday. I talked with Jerry McNamara for the TV uh show tonight. Um before I came on here, you know, he talked about one at a time. I'm sure Coach Beheim will say the same thing about it. And and it has to be. Like for the players and coaches, it has to be BC. Like we saw last night with North Carolina. North Carolina is fighting for an NCAA tournament bid. They just got smacked at home by Pittsburgh. They have like, no good. Did win. you watch the game last night? It was it was like I mean they they were down twenty in early second half. I mean they got smacked, and I think that it ended up being single digits. But I mean, how does that happen, right? So you you have to you in Notre Dame almost lost at home last night to BC. Yet you have to stay focused on the task at hand. So we can talk big picture. Mathematically, it's a pos- it, it's possible. The players just have to go out and worry about BC, and then Georgia Tech after that, and then Notre Dame after that, and so on and so forth. And hey, if you've already moved on to next season, uh, Danny Shays and Brian Higgins have Justin Taylor coming on their show today. So, so we're covering everything here today. All right, you okay, Paulie? Yeah, that was I a heavy sigh. I don't know where to stand. Like, I don't want to talk about losing, but I don't want to talk about like like miracles either, because that would legitimately be witchcraft if this team won the rest of their games. Right? Well, bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble, right. Paulie, because it's going to happen. I love it, Jordan. You finally faith. said something I enjoyed. So so here's the thing, and I, I, you, you know, I, I hope this doesn't come out the wrong way. It but, will. you know, you say it would be, it would be witchcraft. You, you look at, so they're 7-7 they're seven and seven in conference right now. And, and you go back to the four games that they lost by one possession. If you split those, they would be nine and five right now. They would be they would be a, a, oh, a half game Steve, behind. Steve. No, this Steve. is turning into this, football season. Co- co- I don't want to do this. Listen, I'm having deja vu. No, listen to me. Coach McNamara did this yesterday on the air. You can't get losses back. No, I understand. I'm not giving them losses back. I'm saying that it it's it's one it is like football season in that. Can you imagine if this had happened? Like if they just see, split I don't like doing games. that. I don't like doing that. You, I don't. You, I don't like on. looking back at what ifs. I like looking at hope towards the future. What I was going to say was, if you think about this for a second, if if they had split those four games that were decided by a possession, they would be fighting for a, a double buy right now. Think about that. But they're not. No, I understand. It's unattainable. Let's talk about the uh, the attainable things. Oh, it, it, like a seven talk, win streak. Right. Yeah. We just spent ten minutes talking about if they run okay, the table. Okay, so no, listen. What are you trying to what, say, Steve? What could actually happen? Syracuse win seven games in a row or get back the games they lost by one possession? Give Jim Beheim his wins back. Who lets him on the microphone? I can't see. What, what's, what could actually happen? I understand your point. Do you understand mine? No, I don't. I don't get why we go back and go, what if? What if all, I, it was just, I said, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong what way. What if Keith all Smart missed is, that shot? There's yeah, a lot of what okay. ifs. All I'm saying is that this team isn't far away from being in the in position to be fighting yes, for a they, double bye right now. They are far away. Two possessions. They're far away. Those well, two possessions are, yeah. made them far away. You I, can't get them back. Sorry to be real. Well, I'm sorry to be real, Paulie. They're not winning seven okay, in a row. Okay, you're probably right. <laughs> I am right. Let's take a timeout. Phone lines are open. 315-437-7644. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Stephen Paulie with you 
up until two o'clock, and then uh, Paulie will take you through. Uh, Lucky you, the third hour with Liz Habib. I almost called her Jill. Uh, like Jill uh, honestly, I almost called her Jill because you call her Jill. Uh, Liz Habib will join us from uh, from two until three. But we kick off the second hour by going back to the guest line uh, to bring on our good friend Donna Detota, basketball writer for Syracuse.com. Paulie, the accolades in this hour. Chris, I know we got a Hall of Famer, an award winning. That's right, writer. Congratulations, award-winning uh, radio show. Let's let's start right there, Donna. Congratulations on uh, on the most recent honor. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. Well deserved. Well deserved. Um, oh, thank you. So let's talk about this this Q's basketball team, and they've got a week off here to get ready for this yeah. stretch run. Uh, what five games in nine days uh, coming up? That was such a missed opportunity. You know, Paulie and I have spent a lot of, of time this week talking about that Virginia Tech game. And it felt like yeah. they were building some momentum, and it was a quad one opportunity. It's a tie game with seven minutes to go. It was right there. And um, it almost feels like all that momentum that they had built up over two weeks in those four games, it, it, it almost felt like it all kind of went out the window over that six-minute stretch at the end of that game. Yeah, that was a tough stretch. There was a turnover, and then it, that one turnover just led to a bunch of points for Virginia Tech in various ways. And Syracuse just couldn't score down the stretch. So it was, yeah, for Syracuse, I'm sure it was extremely disappointing. I mean, that game was right there, and, uh, you know, they just couldn't score. They scored 59 points, and, um, you know, you're not going to win too many games in the ACC by scoring 59 points, or anywhere for that matter. One of the positives certainly was the play of, of Frank Anselm, and, you know, uh, I didn't really know what to expect, Donna. If we're being honest, you know, we had seen, right. you know, we've we'd seen Frank obviously plenty, but we hadn't seen him, you know, be the guy. And he was inserted in the starting lineup, and he played 37 minutes. And uh, I thought he played really well. What did you, you know, what did you make of his performance on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he could have asked for anything more from that young man. I mean, I thought he was really, really good. He had 15 rebounds. I mean, that's incredible. It was funny to me that after the game, he was joking with me. Well, not joking so much, but he was just talking about how much I, I, I could have gotten 20. I could have gotten, I could have gotten 10 more rebounds. Like all these balls were just were on my fingertips. I just couldn't grab them, you know, um, which kind of cracked me up because you know, 15 rebounds is a lot of rebounds. Um, so I thought he was good. You know, I mean, it, you know, he's in a tough position in that situation on defense because he's got to try to figure out what's going on at the high post, got to pay attention to the high post, and then got to pay attention to the guys who are sneaking in behind them. And Kevin Aluma is a good player. He's a very experienced guy. You know, they were worked that high-low really well against Syracuse. So he was, he was pretty busy, Frank was, on, on Saturday. But I thought he played really, really well. You know, if you had told me before the game, Donna, that Syracuse would make more threes uh, would yeah. hold Virginia Tech below forty percent from the field. Uh, you know, would hold. You know, essentially the game was played in the sixties. I know Virginia Tech got to seventy-one, but a lot of those were free throws. If you had told me they're holding the game in the sixties, I would have said Syracuse wins that game. Um, right. But it was it was turnovers. Um, I mean, you know, going to the free throw line. Virginia Tech had the twenty-one free throw attempts to just four for Syracuse. Right. Um, it, it was really you know those two stats I thought that that decided the game: the free throw numbers and the turnover numbers. Yeah, I agree. I mean, um, you know, and they just, and Turkish just couldn't score down the stretch. I just couldn't make anything. I mean, that was the big thing, too. I mean, it, it all comes down to at the end of a close game, you have to make some plays, and they just didn't make any plays. They didn't make enough plays at the end of that game to win. Looking ahead now, six games left, as we said, five in nine days, and then the Miami game, and then, then the ACC tournament. Um, you know, Paulie and I have, you know, it's, it's what we do. We've got three hours to talk every day. So we're trying to come up with a, a scenario that, you know, outside of winning the ACC tournament, is there a path for this team to get to the NCAA tournament? And it's, uh, you know, it's obviously unlikely, but mathematically speaking, Donna, you, you know, do you think there is a path where 
you know, if they get super hot here down the stretch, that they could get back into the tournament conversation. Well, you can't lose any more of these games. I mean, you literally at this point, you cannot lose a game. Uh, I mean, they have three more. I think they have three more quad one games. Notre Dame's on the road. North Carolina's on the road. Uh, and Duke at home. Those are all quad one games. So they still have a chance to win. Right now, they have zero quad one wins. Um, you know, but the big problem with Syracuse, Syracuse is 0-6 in quad one, 4-1 and in quad two, which isn't horrible. I mean, you'd like to have a couple of quad wins, one wins in there. But the big problem for Syracuse right now is they're 6-3 and in quad three. Six and five in quad three. They've lost five quad three games, and that is just a very, very uh, dicey proposition to be in right now. I mean, you don't want to be six and five in quad three games um, when not when you're not when you haven't won a bunch of you won no quad one games. I mean, so right now it's it's you know not looking great, um, but uh, you know, like I said, there's still opportunities out there to win games. There's still good opponents out there. There's still chances to win games. So, I mean, you never say never, but at this point, it's uh, it's uh, somewhat unlikely, I would say. Um, but, you know, you never know, because none of these things happen just with Syracuse. It, it also happens with everybody else surrounding Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, I think that Virginia Tech game was a, a, a big, big game. And, you know, had they won that game, we would have been talking. We would, we'd be having conversations about where are they on the bubble? Are sure. they getting to be on the bubble? Are they getting closer? Um, but I think that was a, a bit of a crushing defeat. And, um, again, you know, I guess you never say never. And there are still chances out there. I mean, they still have Notre Dame on the road. They still have Duke. They still have North Carolina on the road. Those are three uh, games that would, you know, boost their profile. Yeah, I mean, that Virginia Tech game was crushing. I mean, you, there's a good chance you'd be talking about a seven-game winning streak you know, after this Georgia yeah. Tech game because you assume they're going to beat BC and Georgia Tech, although I know we can't assume wins. but You uh, can't you can assume sure, wins, right? Sure. I, I agree. There are two home games, though. You know, there are two home games. games they should very good at home. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, although, you know, North Carolina, I'm sure, thought they were supposed to beat Pittsburgh exactly. last night. Exactly. That's right. And, and, and that didn't, didn't happen. happen. So, uh, I turned on that game, and I was like, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait. They're down 20 on? right now? Yeah, right. Am I reading this right? I, I had the same experience last night. Um, all right, so, you know, the, the tournament is unlikely. Let's talk about something that's a little more realistic, and that's finishing above 500. The way, the way that yeah. these the six games are, they've got two that they're certainly going to be favored in against BC and Georgia Tech, and then probably the next four you're going to be an underdog in. So in order to finish above 500, they're going to have to win at least one that, you know, quote-unquote, they're not supposed to win. What kind of chances do you, if you had to handicap it, Donna, what kind of chances do you give them to finish above 500 this year? Uh, I think they've got a decent chance to finish above 500. I mean, you know, I think they're going to be one of those teams. They're going to be, I don't think they're going to be Duke, but I think they could be, they, they can beat Notre Dame or North Carolina. I think you know, especially the way that North Carolina played yesterday, they just were not very good yesterday. I mean, I think there's a, you know, I, again, I think every one of these games is winnable because I don't think there's a great team in the ACC. And I think Duke, even as good as Duke is in the ACC, they're not an unbeatable team. I mean, they're, they're not great. I saw them, I saw them, their Wake Forest game the other day. They, they just won that game. You know, they're, they're, they do a lot of things when they're shooting the ball well, they're really hard to beat. Um, but they have had some games where they just haven't been all that good, you know? Um, so, I mean, I think every team in this conference is pretty beatable. You know, there's no team that I would look at and say, well, you know, they're never going to win that game, you know? Um, so I think every game out there is beatable. And, and again, I, I don't want to say they will not beat Duke because, I mean, anything could happen. Um, but that, that was the only game this year that I, they were just completely outclassed in that game. They just were, were decisively beaten in that game. Now, now, that doesn't mean when, they come, when Duke comes to Syracuse, that game will look like that because I doubt that it will. But, you know, Syracuse doesn't have Jesse anymore, and it's a different kind of game. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I just – can they get to 500? Sure. I think it can be 500, around 500, 16 and 15, something like that. 
So the next two are at home. Um, I know you had a chance recently to talk to uh, Otto's Army, uh, the senior advisor. Uh, to you know how they've driven up attendance. Attendance has been great. Um, you know, out of the students, we saw it during football season. It's carried over into basketball season. Uh, what did they share with you? How have they been able to drive up the numbers? Both of them were um, just wonderful people to talk to. Maria and Jonathan were their names, and they are the uh, president and past president of Otto's Army. And they have, they spent a lot of time during the pandemic trying to think up ideas of how they were going to get students back in the dome, which is you know pretty remarkable when you think about it. We have plenty of things to think about during the pandemic, and so they were trying to come up with ways of how they're going to get people in the dome and how they're going to appeal to kids. And they they really did it through a lot through social media, which is no surprise in the area of, in the era of social media and the age of these young people. Um, so, you know, I think they just did a lot of work in terms of getting the word out, trying to get things out on Twitter, trying to get things out on Instagram, um, trying to come up with concepts that they thought would fly. Like they, uh, the Blizzard thing, I don't know if you were at that game, Steve, or if you were at that yeah. game, Polly, but it was pretty fun. I mean, it, it looked like they, those kids were having a great time over there, you know. They all had all their white shirts on, and um, it just, they, I think they did a really nice job of conceptualizing things and then getting people to show up to enjoy hanging out and, you know, and, and partaking in all these things that they planned. Yeah, my my daughter was uh, among the uh, the students in the student section that day with a the, snowflake in the yeah, blizzard. She was she was a snowflake <laughs> in the blizzard that day. So that's see that's what Polly brings to the table. That was that was perfect, Polly. You just sit there. It was perfect. Yeah, you don't. You I, don't I, need, say I need to call you up. I need to call you up for like a, a funny, witty reference on occasion, Polly. If you're, if you'd be available for that, yeah, always, always on occasion. Okay. She said, "Polly, yes, just I'm here, here and there." My phone is always open. She'll either. call you, okay? She'll call you. you I, I do have a question oh, about got the got basketball. He's got a question, Donna. He's got a question. Okay, let's go. And it's going to be kind of wide open. Like, what do you make of the Benny Williams situation? You know, the it, the story just doesn't seem to change at all, and it's been going on all year long. People want him to play more. He's super athletic. But when he gets out on the court, he hasn't had a basket since January. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I actually am a little, I don't really understand the fascination with him, frankly. I mean, it, it's not like it's not, it's never happened before that players come here and they have a pretty good reputation and they just don't play that much their freshman year. It's not like it's never happened and it's not like it's not going to happen again. It's not like it doesn't happen at other schools. I think he's, um, you know, he's a kid who sort of slowly developed even through high school. You know, he was a late, he had a, he had the same thing that Jesse had, the weird kind of 10 inch or 15 inch or not 15 inch, 10 inches or 8 inch growth spurt in a year where he had to shut it down for a little bit. And, you know, he was behind, he was very short playing in AAU. Nobody wanted him on a AAU team. So he's been a guy who's been sort of slow to develop just in his entire career. And I think when you're, when you're a really, really good athlete, you don't have to be a great basketball player in high school to be a to be super effective and to be really good, right? Because you can just jump better than everybody. You can run faster than they can. You can just, you can, you can, you know, get in front of them on defense. I mean, everything that you can do from an athletic perspective, you can do, and you're going to be so much better than just the average high school kid. And then when you come to college, it's completely different. You're playing against kids who are more mature. You're playing against kids who understand how to play a little bit better. You understand kids, you're playing against kids who are just um, that much more ready to be immediately impactful. So, I mean, I, 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 you know, I, he's, he's, he's certainly had his struggle, but I don't think we should sort of just say this is the end of the Benny Williams story or Benny Williams should be playing 25 minutes a game. We should be saying, you know what, it's taking a little longer for Benny. Sometimes that's how it goes. Don, I know you're, a, you're an AP voter. Um, as you look at, you know, the, the landscape of the game right now, 
Um, I was watching something on SportsCenter about a week or so ago, and they you know, they were trying to estimate how many teams legitimately had a shot to win a national title, and I think they landed yeah. on the on twenty one. I think is the number they came that, up with. I know. Um, so when you when you look, I mean, do you agree with that? Do you think there are you know twenty teams yes. that they could win it all this year? Like, I'll give you an example. Like, Alabama is a team that's been in and out of my time. I, I thought Alabama the year, I thought they were going to be great, right? I love the way they play. They get up and down. They got a fiery, really good coach. And they just don't guard anybody, right? But who knew, we, we didn't know that in the beginning of the season. And so they've been in and out of my top 25. But I'm telling you, if, if Alabama gets the right matchup in, in the NCAA tournament, they can win the national championship. You just never know. You never know what the matchup's going to be. You never know which teams are going to lose in front of you. You never know, like, you know, like, again, I'm trying to think of, you know, who, would, who could derail a, a team like Gonzaga, which is clearly a very, very good team. Like, what could do them in during, you know, during the tournament? It's likely that they're probably going to get to the Final Four. But I think a lot of, like, I think Kentucky's really good. You know, I think Auburn is certainly really good. Kansas is good. You know, there's just so many teams, I think. And like UCLA, who I picked, or, you, know, you know, I think I picked them to win the national championship. I mean, I thought they were going to be great this year. And they've had their moments. I watched them play a couple of games, and they just have been sort of, they've just looked very kind of, I don't want to say disinterested, but they just don't, they haven't looked like the team that I thought that they would be. And you never know. They could, you know, there could, something could spark them in the next couple of weeks, and they could be awesome all of a sudden, you know? So, yeah, I think there are a ton of teams, and I think that's kind of exciting. It's kind of fun to, it makes it hard as an AP voter because um, the hardest part for me is always filling out the last, you know, the last seven or eight teams and the order of the seven or eight teams because, you know, you always know who the first, the, the best 10 teams or 12 are. Sure. But I think there could be a team from that, you know, 20 to 25 or from 20 to 30. There's also teams every week that I, you know, they're almost in, and, you know, just, you know, you have to compare the records at the very bottom. But I think there's a whole bunch of teams that could win. I really do. And that you're right. That that does make it exciting. Uh, all right. La- I guess last one. Give me give me three right now. Who who are your who would be your your top three in terms? Of, not, I'm not saying in your poll, but in terms of winning the national title. Is it Gonzaga? Winning the national title. Yeah. Who? who well, who okay, are your you mean you have three? to say Gonzaga? Right. I guess right. You have to say Gonzaga. I think Purdue's really good. I like that team a lot. I'm gonna. I'll put Purdue, uh, Gonzaga, and Kentucky. Those are my three. Okay. I think Auburn's. I think Auburn's awesome too. I love their uh, their forward, who's going to be the, one of the top three picks in the draft. And I think they're really like their guard. I mean, I think they're really good too. They're fun to watch. Um, but those are my. I guess those are my three. I was. I would say Gonzaga. It was, it's Ty Ty Washington healthy if he gets healthy. You know. Yeah. Oh, that's that's another thing too. You never know. Like sure. somebody could get hurt. You yeah. know. You never know. All right, Donna. Great stuff as always. Uh, that was a that was an award winning segment. Uh, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> all right, guys, have a great weekend. Right, you as well. There she is, uh, Donna DeTota from Syracuse.com. And great drop-in. Thanks. That's what I'm here for, Steve. I had the the I had the spice. Yeah. Al in our chat says, I'm the only one. Paulie is the only one still hung up on Benny Williams. And I want to say something. I, Al clearly doesn't listen to the calls we get. And he also, but I got to tell this story. We're at Virginia, I think it was Virginia Tech. Uh, a listener or a fan yells down to Matt Park. Matt doesn't know who he is. Play no, it was uh, it was BC. Play Benny more. Like people, it, it, people are obsessed with it. I I did the post game show with Eric on Saturday after Virginia Tech game, and one of the calls we got was play Benny more. Yeah, so it's not it's a legitimate thing. It's not just me. After he played three minutes and missed a dunk and was and didn't know the play, the out of bounds play. So, in any event, let's take a timeout. Uh, 315-437-7644. Jim Beheim set to join us in about 10 minutes. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.